0: We're glad to be sharing the ministry of Redemption Church with you. Now join us as we receive the Word of God.
1: I swear you're just looking up who the 17th president is, and the next thing is you're watching some conspiracy video. That, that That's just how it is. And then here we are. We're not a conspiracy video, but we are Redemption Church in Plano, Texas, and we're glad to greet everybody watching, listening online. Go ahead and let us Know that you are there. We welcome you in the name of Jesus. My name is Chris Fluitt, and I am thankful, everyone say thankful, Thankful. for everybody in the room and everybody online. We're in the third week of our series, and it is called Greater Reward. Now, this week is Thanksgiving, right? Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Y'all have just the most blessed Thanksgiving. I hope you have a great time with your family. We love you guys. Christmas is just around the corner. In fact, I mean, you don't really know it's Christmas season until you've heard Mariah Carey singing, I don't want a lot for Christmas. Who's heard it? We've all heard it. Oh, I can see the scarred looks in your eyes. We've heard that song so much. Oh, you talk about an overplayed song. All right, sorry. I just, oh, PTSD over that song. All right. Uh, So Christmas is coming. And then what comes after Christmas? A brand new year, New Year's, and and on January 1st, many will turn their attention towards seeking greater. In this series, I wanna spur you on. I wanna encourage you. I wanna challenge you. I wanna prod you. I actually wanna make you a little uncomfortable so that you go ahead and seek a greater reward now, right now, today. In week one, we told you that greater is possible. And greater is promised. Last week, we, we taught you that we must live greater. It needs to be something that we live out. Greater does not come through lip service, but discipline. The, the word discipline. And hopefully you feel better about that word this week, hearing it. Today, I want to talk to you about greater within. Can you say those two words? Greater within. Today, I want to teach you about this idea of having greater Within, I want you to turn with me in your Bibles, and your Bible apps, to John chapter 14. We're going to read 12 through 14. That should sound familiar because it is this month's scripture. Memory verse. Get the Bible by heart. Get it in your heart. John chapter 14, 12 through 14. As we're turning to John 14, I want to ask you just some of these questions. Now, don't answer out loud, but I, I just want you to think about these things in your head. Get, get some answers here. Does the teaching of Jesus focus primarily on the inside or the outside? What do you think about that? And when it comes to people, does Jesus focus more on an outside appearance or a transformed inside? Looking on, another question. Now, ask the same thing about the teachings of religion. We talked about the teachings of Jesus. Now, what about the teachings of religion? Religion, in your experience, does religion focus more on the outside appearance or on an inside that is transformed, all right? All right. Y'all nod at me if y'all kind of got an answer on that, right? You don't have to think too hard about that one, some of y'all. Yeah, y'all know exactly where I'm, where I'm living when I'm, when I'm asking this question. Here's the, next, the last question for you. Where is your focus today? We know, we're asking where Jesus' focus is, where religion's focus is, but really where, where is your focus? Are you outward focus, looking past the inward, or are you inward focus today? Let's look at John chapter 14, beginning at verse 12. Jesus says, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. Verse 13, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 14, you may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Now, here's just a few verses right here. I was just studying this week and, uh, you know, when I laid out this series, I didn't even notice this in this verse, but Jesus has an inward focus. And this is not the only place in the Bible where Jesus has an inward focus. Constantly, over and over again, he he uses the word in a lot more than out. He brings us the idea of our heart much more than something external. Over and over again. We need to believe in Jesus. Can I get an amen on that? The Father is glorified in the Son. And you may ask anything in my name, within or without. Spend some time thinking about this. Do we often focus our on the external, on the without, over the internal, the within? It is so much easier to focus on the external. Do you agree? Say amen if you agree. All right. Why? Why is it so much easier to focus on the external? <laughs> Very good. Because it's seen. You see it. It's all up in your Face right. You, you see it. In fact, you you Some of some of us are like trying not to see it. We're like we hear the alarm clock uh, go off in the morning. We're at, we're expert of like, boom. We we turned it off and now we're like I'm not opening my eyes because there are problems I'm going to see. There's there's things in my life that are right there. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to snooze a little more and not see. It is so easy to see the external. Of course. We are going to daydream more about a new car or a prettier home that's external. And we're going to daydream of that about that more than having greater willpower and discipline because that's internal. As you're scrolling along on your Pinterest, right, That's that's got all your external things. Oh, I want to do that to my house. Oh, my goodness. I should go buy one of those things. Oh, I should... Create that craft for my house, right? There aren't very many of those little Pinterest little things that you're scrolling that goes, oh, my goodness, I do need to change my heart. Oh, my goodness, I do need to connect more with my spiritual inner person. Oh, my goodness, I do need to hide the word of God in my heart. You see, that doesn't happen that much because the external just becomes, it comes so much more naturally because it is natural Of course, we will think more about improving our life and acquiring something material more than the immaterial and the intangible. It's only natural to think that way. Of course, most of our prayer life is focused on improving the outside than growing the inside. We have these eyes that look out. Everybody got eyes that look out today? Yeah. You cannot flip your eyes around to look inside. That would be so cool, my son said. You, you can't do it. I, I welcome you to try it. Don't hurt yourself, but, but you go ahead and try I mean, you can roll your eyes up in the back of your head, but all you see is darkness. I mean, you can't like look. I wonder what's going on inside, you know, my, my heart. You know, I'm going to look in there. No, it does not work that way. We have these hands, and they are ready to touch everything outside. But, but do not try to make these hands grab what's on the inside, because they can't. We have a voice that can shout out, but not a voice that can shout in. Our taste and our hearing only picks up on what is external. Every one of our senses is outward focused. All our senses geared towards what is without, so much that we often forget about what is within. We don't even think about what's inside. When was the last time you thought about your brain? You can't do anything without this brain. You never think about it because it's inside. When you don't really think about your heart. But boom, 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 it's working. You think about your lungs today. Anybody think about their lungs today? Anyone? I mean, it's, unless there's like something wrong, you don't even think about it. You don't think about these That is why it is harder to preach about obtaining change within than obtaining change without. It is so much easier to preach a sermon about what's outside because you can go point at it. Go, look at that thing. Look at that. Don't like that, do you? And everybody's like, amen, I don't like that. Ah, we don't like that thing, right? Amen. Amen. Y'all can go home. I mean, like, and everybody's like, wow, he really pointed at that thing. That was really a thing. I saw that thing. Like, that's really a thing. Guess what? This is why TV preachers will often look right into that camera, and they'll say, oh,
0: I just feel like God wants to
1: bless you. What is that? External. everybody's like, oh, bless me. My gosh, I think my wallet just grew twice as big. I just felt it. Oh, I just, oh, I feel it. That God wants to bless you. And everybody is already thinking about external. Probably the preacher himself. Everybody's thinking about the external. And the the preacher usually continues this way on the TV. Sorry, you TV preachers, y'all can repent later. If you will just take the seed offering. What is that? What's that seed offering? He's always talking about money. He's always talking about money, right? Oh, if you'll just take the seed offering, guess what? There's many offerings that aren't money. Your time, your heart, your worship. But he did not talking about those things. He talking about he talking about money. Look about it. Somebody say he talking about money. Talking about money. But well, if you'll just take the seed offering, God is ready to give you. A blessing, all right, and more more money. That's what we're thinking about. It's, It's external stuff. We're all thinking about it, right? More likely, sorry TV preacher, but listen, more likely God would have us hear a different message, more like this. I feel like God today wants you to repent, to change your heart. To change your mind, to be clean on the inside. Anybody agree with that? Y'all agree with that? Oh, my goodness. But you know what? That, that sermon isn't preached all that much, and I'll tell you why. As a preacher, it's hard. That's a hard sermon. That's a hard sell. Some of you are like, all right, can you get back to that wallet stuff? That sounded real good, preacher, Right? Let me ask you something. You know I like to be real spiritual around here. Let let me ask you this. Who would you rather be? Who would you rather be? Superman or Lex Luthor? Get that picture up. Well, let's see this picture. Superman or Lex Luthor? Superman is the son of Krypton. He has power within. I don't know. What book of the Bible is he in? I forget. He's not in the book of the Bible, guys. Just kidding. Lex Luthor, who's Lex Luthor? He's a bad guy, very good. He's a billionaire, tycoon, and his power is all external. All of his power is external. He even creates a suit, as you can see in this picture right here. He's got this suit right here uh, that runs on kryptonite so that he can receive enough external power to fight Superman who has immense power, but all of it is internal. All right, so now, in your head, answer this question. Who would you rather be? Would you rather be Superman, or would you rather be Lex Luthor? Does Jesus, somebody said Wonder Woman? Are you in
0: <laughs> Now, let me ask you this.
1: If, number one, if any of y'all said Lex Luthor, We'll just go ahead and open these altars right now. Right? We understand that? There's my next question. I got a lot of questions for you today. Listen, is Jesus, just think with me, is Jesus more like Superman or Lex Luthor? Who would Jesus be more like? Is he more like, does Jesus get his power from something inside? Or does he get his power from
0: something that's outside?
1: Yeah, inside, right? John chapter 14, verse 10. Jesus says this Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing. His work. Who's doing the work? God, the Father, inside of Jesus Christ. These are Jesus' own words. And people had to be going, say, what now? Because they were all wondering how Jesus was doing what he was doing. And then he says, it's God living in me, doing these things. And let me tell you, that was foreign to them. They had never heard of such a 2 Corinthians 5.19 tells us these words, God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself. We have Christ, but you don't just have Christ, you have God in Christ. Colossians chapter 1, 19.20, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. And through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Next chapter, Colossians 2, verse 9 and 10. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. Everything that is God is in Jesus Christ, verse 10, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. Look at back, verse 9, in Christ is the fullness of God, verse 10. In Christ you are full, you are complete, you are whole, because he is fully God in Jesus Christ, you have fully everything that you could ever need. You have every uh, uh healing that you need. You have every miracle that you need. You have all the love that you could ever need. Everything you need because he is full and complete and whole. In Jesus Christ, you are also complete, full, and whole. Jesus Christ did not draw from an external power. We could go on and on with with verses in your Bible teaching us this very thing, but Jesus Christ did not reach out an external power source and go, oh, that's so good. That's power. That's good. Let me grab onto this power that's over here. He didn't do it. The power of Jesus is a power that's found inside of him. It is inside of him. It actually, it's living inside of him. The living God is inside of him. It is in him. It is living. It is moving. It is breathing inside of him. This is a bigger statement when we consider all the scripture that teaches us that Jesus created all things. He holds all things together. He is the word that framed the worlds. The Bible says these things. Jesus had full power and control over everything that is external. You see, it would have been a downgrade for him to look for external power. Because the internal power gave him power over everything that was external, right? Yeah, we've got these powerful uh, super colliders. We've got powerful uh, imaginations of scientists, and they've gone and created these wonderful machines, right, that, that do crazy things, and they create immense amount of energy, right? You would not want to hook one of these huge, immense, powerful machines To a double A battery. Now there's power in a double A battery, but there is more power inside the Hoover Dam. There's more power inside all out in the desert where they have just thousands of solar panels. There's more power inside of that than in that. You would not be trying to draw power from anything external when what is inside of you has more power. For that reason, Jesus Christ never tried to draw power from something external. Let's just go ahead and go there. That's why he didn't care about what other people think. You care about what other people think because you're trying to draw power from that. That's why he wasn't all about the money. That's why he wasn't taking up offerings for himself so he could buy himself a yacht so he would feel better about himself because he doesn't need to draw from those things. That's why people that were very close to him could insult them and turn their back on him and betray him. And he didn't have to run after them and say, oh, please receive me because he wasn't drawing his power from there. So why are we trying to draw power from a double-A battery when the power of Almighty God wants to dwell inside of us. My God.
0: Jesus has full power,
1: full control over everything in the external. This is how Jesus looks out At the winds and the waves, the storms crashing. And then Jesus calms those winds and waves with the peace that dwells inside of him. He says, peace be still. And that external storm stops. Jesus looks at a man with thousands of demons inside of him. And he casts Every one of those demons out with an authority already inside of him. It was inside of Jesus. Jesus looks out at the crowd crying crucify him. And the Lord of hosts, who, it, who has, he is the Lord of all the angels. That's what it means. Whenever you see Lord of hosts, it means he's the Lord of all the angels. He looks out at a crowd crying crucify him. And the Lord of hosts resists calling on the external power of angels to deliver him from the cross. Although Jesus has power over the external, his power always flowed from the internal, from inside of him, from God in him.
0: To be clear, Scripture does
1: instruct us about the outside. Absolutely. Scripture talks to us about the outside. I'm not preaching you a sermon that's telling you never worry about the outside appearance of things. That's not what this, scripture, what this sermon is about. Scripture tells us that the outside matters. And, and we are to have external good works so that when our works are seen, people glorify God. And they say, I want some of that in me. Matthew 5 16. And Jesus teaches that a tree is known by its fruit, its external fruit. And when people see that fruit, they know, whoa, God is in them. Can I get that God inside of me? All right. It's that what's on the outside that that testifies to what's on the inside. We get that. The outside does matter. The emphasis upon inward things does not negate the importance of outward appearances. Instead, Scripture declares that the power inside will affect change not only on the inside, but on the outside as well. Anybody know the Scripture I'm going to? Matthew chapter 15, verse 11. Jesus speaking to the Pharisees. He says, what goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth that is what defiles them. Check out what Jesus is saying here. That external thing that you ate is not what defiles you. What is already resident inside of you, that is what defiles you. Look at that verse again. Make, keep it up there. Matthew 15 and 11. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that is what defiles them, do you see what he's saying there, he's saying, this religion gets this 100% wrong, because religion runs around going, look out for that external thing, look out for that external thing, oh my goodness, we need to make those people out there feel bad enough to come in here and become Christians, external, 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 and we never preach about the internal, we never change our hearts, we never, what, what. The sin that's already resident in us, the problems and the greed and the hatred and the unforgiveness, it's already inside of us. And that is what defiles us. The external is not what defiles you. What's inside of you is what defiles you. So name that external sin in your mind. Go ahead and name it. Name it. I want to tell you, that's not what's defiling you. Let me just take a big load off your shoulders because the enemy wants to always say, because you did that external thing, that's what you are. Oh, he does, right? You did that thing that makes you a liar. You did that thing that makes you a cheater. You did that thing that makes you a sinner. That You did that thing that means that you can never blah, blah, blah. He does these things. He does these things. I want to tell you, that external sin is not... What is defiling you? What's defiling you is a broken heart. What's defiling you is a heart that hasn't repented. What's defiling you is not having a holy God living inside of you. So guess what, religion? If if we change our external behavior without changing our inner man, we are still defiled. Matthew 23, verse 26, Jesus says these words, blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will also be clean. Remember that time Jesus argued about how to wash dishes? He's saying, he's telling those Pharisees, y'all are so concerned with what's on the outside of the cup, you clean the outside of the cup, but you have never cleaned the inside of the cup. Is he talking about a cup here or is he talking about the inside of who they are and the outside of who they are? Pharisee, blind Pharisee, you've cleaned up so good on the outside, but guess what? On the inside, you've never taken some dawn dish soap and gotten one of those little squ- squishy little brushes, right? Got it in there, cleaned it out on the inside. No, he says, clean it on the inside, and what's on the inside will flow out on the outside. That's what Jesus is telling us. What what, what should be the priority, the outside or the inside? The inside, because only the inside can clean the outside. In fact, I would tell you the inside. When the inside is clean, that's when you're really clean. If you're clean on the outside, but not clean on the inside It's only a matter of time before what's on the inside appears outside. The Pharisees thought that their effort on the outside was enough. I spent way too many years. You listen to this preacher. I spent way too many years thinking that my effort on the outside was enough. That my effort on the outside was what was going to uh, please God. Thought way too many years about that. Jesus called those Pharisees blind. Jesus reveals God cares about the inside and the outside in this verse. Cares about both. But the outside is only really cleaned by cleaning the inside and letting the cleansing power within to flow out and cleanse the outside. You gotta have greater within. Y'all understand what I'm saying? You gotta have greater within. If you truly want greater, you must focus on receiving greater within. Now, maybe I'm maybe somebody's listening to me today that, that's not a Christian yet. That's cool. I want to talk to you real quick. This works in the natural. Let me let me preach to you without even quoting the scripture for a moment. You listen, if you will change what's on the inside, it will bring greater into. Your life. Greater internal knowledge will lead you to greater grades, greater degree, greater job, greater promotion, and with it, greater pay. Everybody agree with that? Because you got something greater inside your brain. Greater things happen on the outside because of it. Greater emotional health. Getting greater health inside of this person will lead to greater happiness, Greater peace, greater family life, greater marriage. Everybody agree with that knowledge? Yeah, that's absolutely true. You know that's true. The greater thing you want in the external, you have always been seeking every external activity to obtain it. But you've always been falling short. That external thing you're after, you're trying to grab it, You've never been able to grab it in the external. All of your outward effort, all of your outward time, all the outward money you've spent on it, all the years in college, all of this time, Googling it, studying it, trying to figure it out, you've not been able to accomplish it. You're always falling short. That should tell you. If everything you do in the external is not enough to gain the external that you want so badly, then that should tell you that it's time to focus not on the external, but on the internal. It should tell you it's time to focus on greater within. And then from that greater within progress, you will achieve greater without. Now, all of this is true, and I think everyone agrees with it. This is true. Everybody
0: agrees? Yeah? All right. All right.
1: Jesus is right about seeking greater within. But then Jesus, as always, takes it beyond the natural. You can trust him because his word works in the natural. And because you see it work in the natural, you need to then get a dose of the supernatural. Because that's really where his truth takes off. That's really where it won't just change a little portion of your life, it will change your world. It won't just change your job, it'll change everything connected to your job. It won't just change your mind, it will change generations of your children's minds and bring health out in them. This is what it does. Seeking a greater, a natural greater within, talking natural, will bring positive results, but receiving a supernatural greater within, that's off the charts. We, we can't even graph that thing. It just goes straight up. Let's go back to John chapter 14. In the context of this chapter, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. That's what he's talking about. The Holy Spirit is God's very spirit. And when God lives within you, it can only be described as greater. When Jesus is living inside of you, There's only one way to describe that. That's absolutely greater. John 14, 12, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these. This belief in Jesus, this infilling of his spirit within will bring greater things, even greater than who did? even greater than Jesus did. So let me ask you, does Jesus really mean greater here? Does he really mean this? It's really interesting because this, this little verse seems like, this verse, you know, it seems like, yeah, just believe this verse, right? Everybody like that? There's some people that fight not to believe this verse. It's really interesting because it, it ruffles some of their feathers wrong. Some people think that the Holy Spirit's not active like it was on the day of Pentecost anymore. Some people think that, that God only does certain things some of the time, that God just, you know, he doesn't really do those things. Like if you say, hey, wouldn't it be great if God did this in our church today? they say, no, we don't, we don't think that would be so great because we don't believe God still does those things. I am not kidding you. So they look at a verse like this and they'll go, I don't know if I, I don't think he really believes. Meant that? Maybe he didn't really mean greater. Maybe there's a way to explain that away. And it's really weird to hear a preacher try to explain away some bold declaration of Jesus to make it not a bold declaration of Jesus. Does that make sense? It doesn't make any sense to, to, to argue that, right? Here's Jesus being God in the flesh, declaring something that blows everyone away, and this preacher over here goes, "Well, you know, he what he really meant is that you know people are gonna." you know, preach John 3.16 and people are going to be saved. It doesn't mean they're going to be healed. I've heard people say it. It doesn't mean that Jesus is going to, you know, save thousands at a time. It doesn't mean that. Like, what? No. Let's read it again. Very truly, I tell you. Very truly, I tell you. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even... Greater things than these. Greater than the works of Jesus. Do you believe it? Redemption Church. Are we the church that believes it? Are we the church that says, yeah, bring it on, Jesus. More. Greater. We want it. We're desperate for it. Mm. Does Jesus really mean? Greater. Answer that question in your heart. Now, we all clapped about it, but no, you got to have that in your heart. Do you really believe that in your heart? Do you really believe that in your mind? Does the question give you pause? And if it gives you pause, ask why. Why does it give you pause? Maybe you feel like God can do greater in others, but not in you. Let it hang a little bit. Let it just
0: for dramatic effect.
1: Maybe you feel like God can do greater in this person, but God probably can't do it in me. Maybe you think that about yourself. You believe Jesus is great and can do greater in others, but your view of yourself is so low that you can't imagine greater for yourself, even if Jesus himself does the work.
0: Is that you? Is that you? Knock that off. Cut that out. Imagine
1: Jesus doing greater. Can you imagine it? In you. If you have a greater view of Jesus by allowing his spirit inside of you, his word inside of you, his peace and his power inside of you then you will realize a greater view of what is possible in your life. It works that way. There's something wrong if it doesn't work that way. There is something wrong if you worship a Jesus and you feel him on the inside, but then you walk out and don't feel like he can do great things in your life outside of this building. There's something wrong with that. You got to knock that off. Somebody say knock that off. Maybe you answer yes to that question. The question was, does Jesus really mean greater? Maybe your answer is yes. Well, guess what? I got a message for you too. Then you are doing what with that yes? Are you expecting and experiencing greater? If you believe yes, then that ought to light a fire under you. Then I ought to be expecting it. I need to wake up in the morning believing it. When the conversation starts where I might can share Jesus Christ with someone, I'm going to believe it. I'm going to believe and expect that it's going to turn this way and that life is going to be changed. I'm going to expect it and I'm going to experience it. You got to do both. You need to expect it and experience it. Maybe you're shallow on one of those. Maybe you're not expecting it. I have seen people not expecting it receive some of the best miracles. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't expect it. You should expect it. Maybe you're expecting it, but you haven't experienced it yet. Let me tell you, you can experience it today before we leave. You want to? You want it? It's here for you. Do you have a faith and attitude that wakes up in the morning with the assurance, greater is possible today? And it doesn't matter what's going on on the outside. It doesn't matter what's going on on the front page news. It doesn't matter what's going on at your job. It doesn't matter what's going on in your home. It doesn't matter if the check engine light is on in your car. It does not matter. You wake up in the morning and say, It's possible today. It's possible today. Greater is possible because I believe Jesus when he said, I would do greater. Are you attempting greater only under your own? Ability? Hmm. Or are you calling on the power of Jesus Christ within you to bring
0: out the great?
1: Now, unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, and that's what we quote, but we miss out on the next words that's so good. According to
0: the power. That's working
1: within us. Now unto him. When? Now, somebody. Now unto him who is able to do, exceeding, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according, say it with me, to the power that is working within us. It's the power working within us. Do you believe it? Oh, are you attempting greater though not according to that immeasurable power that's within you, not according to that power that wants to work within you, but are you trying to do it with your own brain, your own voice, your own hands, your own skill, Or are you calling on the power of Jesus Christ, that power within you? God, go ahead and do immeasurably more than all I can ask or think according to the power that is in me, the power that is you in me. My brother Linus has been in a stagnant place in his career. He gave me a phone call two days ago. It was just a great phone call. And he gave me a testimony, and I asked him, like, the next day, can I put that in my sermon? That testimony never left me, so I'm going to share it with you today, right now. So my brother Linus, he's worked very hard. He's acquired degrees. He's been faithful. He's been studious in his career, yet he was really in need of a breakthrough. Anybody know how that feels? to just be doing everything that you're supposed to be doing, but just not coming any closer to a realization of what you want in life, just a brick wall right in front of you. That's kind of where he was. And our dad recently uh, looked my brother in the eye. Sometimes you have to look somebody in the eye and actually say something that the Lord wants you to say. And my, my dad did that. He looked at him, and he was more than just a little direct. Clyde Fluitt said, Linus, you are not making enough money. Just right there. Boom, right? And uh, you need to get a promotion. You have a future family that is dependent on this. You are called to achieve greater. Have you asked God for it? Ask God for a promotion. That's what my dad told my brother, Linus. And let me tell you, those words stung a little. Because Linus was working as hard as possible. And when somebody says those things, you know, all of, all of your success a lot of the time gets wrapped up into your identity, and when things aren't working, that's, that makes you feel worse as a person, right? It's one of those things that works. So all of this stuff was stinging him on the inside. It was not a pleasant conversation to hear. Uh, Linus was doing everything he possibly could. He was going in early, and he was staying late. It was actually impossible for Linus to give anything greater in the physical. He was doing it all. There, sometimes it is not that you're not working hard enough. You understand? Sometimes it, it is not that you're not giving enough effort. Sorry for the double negative. Sometimes the reason that, that you aren't achieving more, it is not because you aren't trying. And sometimes we're, we're bad about saying, well, you just got to try harder.
0: Wrong answer sometimes.
1: When you are giving everything, everything you can in the physical, everything you can in the material, everything you can in the natural realm, but it is still not enough. That is a big neon sign that you need something greater from God. That's what that means. And somebody, you heard me just say that and you know it was for you. Grab a hold of it, write it down if you have to. Bookmark this video right at this moment so you know. Sometime you need greater from God. Absolutely. Linus prayed, and that very week, Linus walked into a staff meeting with some major director in. Attendance and everyone in the meeting gave reports on what was going on in their section of this corporation. But everyone seemed to talk about how they had a problem, but they took their problem to a guy named Linus and they consulted with him, my brother. And like one person after another, Linus actually got a little embarrassed about it. It's like, gosh. They are like, did someone set them up? Because like person after person after person kept like singing the praises of my brother Linus. It was almost like someone had set this up.
0: Right there in
1: front of the director. Everyone basically sang a big song about how Linus was an asset to the corporation. Can I tell you that doesn't usually happen in those meetings? The big meetings where the big director comes in, that's where everyone is willing to slice the throat of the next guy in order to look good in front of that director. Somebody say amen. You know that is true. And for every one of them, person after person, to just say, this guy right here, he's a prince. This guy right here, he's awesome. This guy right here, he really helped me. That just just does not happen. So uh, that very day at lunch, Linus got a call telling him you have a new job they just created a new position and it's yours no need to interview for the job no need for references no need to send in a resume it's your job do you want it he's like yeah i want that job my brother got a breakthrough promotion with a pay raise that blew Him away. Clap your hands for a God who does greater. Now, did he try harder all of a sudden? No. Did he go read a new book and learn a new trait and new trade and all this? No. What did he do? He asked God for greater. And God gave him greater. I want to tell you, God's greater is just a prayer away. The Bible says you have not because you ask not. Honey, if you want greater, how about you ask right now in this place? Close your eyes and say, God, I want it. God, I want greater. God, I want greater from you. I want your greater power to work in me. I want the miracle that you have for me. I want the greater thing in my family. I want the greater thing in my job. I want the greater thing in my finances. God, I'm asking you for greater in Jesus' name. Oh, God's greater is just a prayer away. Do you realize that greater is here right now waiting for you to show up? Here's what I, I felt in the moment I told my brother. I said, listen, that promotion was already yours before my dad spoke to you. It was there before you walked into the meeting. It was there before the phone call. That was there waiting for you
0: to ask for it. There are some things that are waiting for you to Ask for it. Ask for it. There's a place in the Bible
1: where Moses is supposed to speak to the rock and water is supposed to come out of the rock. And that's a beautiful picture Of how you are supposed to ask the Lord and he will give you everything that you need. But in this story, how many knows what Moses did? Moses does something wrong. In his frustration, he hits the rock. He strikes the rock and he doesn't ask the rock. And because of that, he does not receive the greatest thing that God had for him. And because of that moment, he does not go into the promised land. You can try to do it yourself. You can try your own effort. You can become so frustrated that you stop praying and believing. Oh, Moses, all he needed to do was speak to the rock. Oh, who is the rock? Paul tells us that rock is Christ and we can speak directly to Christ and he will give us everything that we need.
0: Yes, it's true.
1: When you give greater effort in the natural and receive God's greater in the supernatural, you are now unstoppable. What I'm not telling you to do is not to do greater things in your effort. No. Take greater effort and take greater from God and you walk out on the battlefield and just dare a giant to come at you. Come at me bro. Because I'm giving greater in my effort and I'm receiving greater from God. I'm telling you, you are unstoppable. And scripture bears that out. The Holy Spirit is a gift. Everyone say gift. It's called the gift of the Holy Spirit right there in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. It is a gift. God wants to gift you his spirit.
0: Now, let me tell you, he doesn't want it
1: to be an external gift, right? You could have a, an external gift that you carry around with you. You might leave it behind my kids. I give them external gifts, and they're, they usually don't last very long because they get left at a restaurant. They get chewed up by the dog because they didn't care. The Holy Spirit is not this external gift. It is internal gift to be inside of you. God wants his spirit to live In you, this gift is now resident in you. You can't leave it behind at the restaurant. You can't leave it out and it get rained on. You can't do anything like that. No, it is with you at all times. God wants his spirit inside of you to perform and accomplish greater things than Jesus did. God wants you to do your best But you come all the way to the very edge of what is physically possible with you. What is natural with you. And then he wants by his spirit, you be able to walk on the water. You be able to step out and do what is impossible. And he wants you to do that by his spirit. The disciples, the apostles really did look at people and say, be healed in the name of Jesus. And they were healed. They really did lay their hands on people that were dead and they came back to life. They did really walk into a city where they didn't know a single person and they began to preach about Jesus Christ and they started baptizing person after person. How did they do it? They did their best in the natural and then God did the rest in the supernatural. <laughs> you know what it is when when you do everything you can in the natural and then God does everything in the supernatural, that is a breakthrough where you're able to break through everything that's possible, everything that's natural. In you.
0: There's a movie called The Incredibles because
1: I love spiritual movies. And there's a superhero. Can we get this superhero? Anybody know this the superhero's name? Iceman, wrong, Sarah. Absolutely wrong. Get your theology right. It is Frozone. It is not Mr. Freeze. No. Frozone. Everyone say Frozone. Frozone, yeah. And there's a superhero named Frozone. And he notices in the movie that the city's under attack. There's like this big robot destroying things, walks right past his window. There's a a helicopter going like outside and explodes outside his window. And he, he goes, he goes oh, and he runs over. He gets a little remote. He goes, click, and his, his little uh, uh, shelf turns around, and there's a place, an outline of his body, and it's clear that there's supposed to be a super suit there. There's supposed to be his outfit that he changes through, but it's not there. And so he says these words. He says, honey, where's my super suit? Because there's a problem. I need to put this thing on so I can go do the thing, so I can go fight the battle, so I can go do an external activity to save people, right? Honey, where's my super suit? And they have this argument over it. It's funny, but here's what I want to tell you today. Stop treating Jesus
0: like a super suit.
1: He is not an external thing that you can put on and take off. It's church time. I think I'll put on my Jesus super suit and I'll come to church. And then I'll get home and I'm going to take off my super suit over here because I might want to do some things that wouldn't be appropriate in a super suit. I might want to do some things that are sinful, And then, oh, there's a problem in my life. Let me go run. Honey, where's my super suit? Let me put on my Jesus super suit. Now I'm ready to pray, all right? Now we pray. Now I'm gonna take this off, and I'm gonna go drive on I-35 and cuss everyone out. And life is this back and forth of putting on the Jesus super suit and taking it off. Let me tell you, Jesus Christ is not an external power. He is not supposed to be an external power for you. He is not supposed to be a super suit. This brings us back to Superman and Lex Luthor. Let's talk about it. Too often we treat Jesus like Lex Luthor's super suit.
0: I'm going to church today. Put on my super suit.
1: There's a problem. I need help with. Put on my super suit. Let's say it like this: If you only pray when you have problems, that's Jesus. That is like treating Jesus like an external power in your life. If you only turn to the word of God when you are afraid, that is treating Jesus like an external power. When your prayers only focus on external issues, not the internal issues of your heart, you are treating Jesus like an external power. When you like the way you feel at church during worship, but never leave changed by repentance, That is an external
0: Jesus. Jesus is not a super suit. He is the water that flows out of the
1: rock. And He is the water that flows into the cup. And He cleans the inside. And then He cleans the outside. I asked some geeky people on Facebook. You know, there's geeky people on Facebook? It's true. I asked, I have friends right there. I've, really important to geeks that you get your Superman facts right. You'll get all kinds of hate on YouTube if you misquote Kryptonite. Say that wrong or something. And I asked some geeky friends about Superman versus Lex Luthor suit, and I said, "You know, how does this work?" And a guy named Ruben Kindle left this comment. I want to tell you it. Reuben Kindle, my friend on Facebook, says the external limitation will always be playing catch-up
0: to the real living thing.
1: That external thing that's a limit to you, it will always be playing catch-up to the real living thing. Thank you, Reuben. Jesus beside you, as glorious as it is to have Jesus right beside you, is never as powerful as Jesus within you. And that's why he's with the disciples and he's right beside them, Rick. And he says, you're going to do greater things than all of these because I'm going to the Father. And I'm not going to be beside you anymore. But even though I'm not beside you, me inside of you is better than me beside you. And you'll do greater things. Using Jesus as an external comfort, as an external power. Or a miracle machine. Oh Jesus I need a miracle. Five prayers. That should do it. Using Jesus in those ways. Is so much less. Than you being a new creature. In Jesus Christ. When you are a living. Christ on earth. When Christ is living in you. And you are that new creature. You don't have to look too external anymore. And I'm telling you, that is what Jesus Christ went to the cross for you to have. 1 John 4 and 4 says this, You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. It says them early on. The them in this verse Is the Antichrist. Everyone said the Antichrist. Says you have overcome. Them. That's the work of the Antichrist. You have overcome. What is Antichrist? Well the Antichrist is Satan's. Biggest and boldest attack. And it says you have overcome them. Not because of some external power source. But because inside of you. Is someone. That is greater. Than everyone. In. world. Greater is in you because God is in you. We're about to come pray in this place. I want to ask you, is God in you? He can be. He can be in you right now. He can fill you with his presence.
0: For more information about redemption, look us up online at redemption-church.com. We want to hear from you, so be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or even our anonymous question text line at 214 Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.